0: Welcome to the Fordham Intellectual Property Media and Entertainment Law Journal Podcast. This is your online editor, Anthony Zangrillo, and I'm here with a Notes and Articles editor, Josh Brandman.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: As well as a staff member, David Bradley Eisenberg. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me back. Glad that you are back. Now, this week, we're talking about a blog post that I wrote a couple months back, Wrestling Defamation. And here... We're looking into the intersection, of basically, privacy law, defamation suits, and the First Amendment. And just a coincidence, I guess, they both have to deal with high-profile wrestling stars, Jesse The Body Ventura, and the Immortal Hulk Hogan. You guys familiar with these uh, stars?
1: Yeah, more or less. I'm not as big as the wrestling in the wrestling community as you. You know more than me. I'm oh, in the oh.
0: wrestling community now. You know, I'm not AJ Styles. I'm not the face that runs the place. I'm not the champ that runs the <laughs> camp. But I am the colonel that runs the online journal. Wow. Oh. But believe wow. It.
1: You know, you you warned me of that, and I still wasn't ready.
0: Nope, no <laughs> one's ready. No one's ready. You're dealing with uh, AJZ, Y2J, the Ayatollah of rock and roll <laughs> can't see me cuz this is his radio but Dude, you gave us you day. gave us no warning you gave us
2: no warning that this is going to happen now now Josh and I are just left with no cool names we're
1: no.
0: the we're the, we're the nameless guys
1: we're we're DJ it's all good
0: did you guys see American sniper you know who Chris Kyle is
1: i do i i know all about that
0: why do you know all about that Josh
1: um well i wrote a whole entire paper on it um what was it Last semester? Or actually, last fall, so a year ago, I wrote a paper on this um, before the most recent decision coming down in Ventura v. Kyle. But, uh, yeah, it's quite an interesting case. Interesting book, too, on top of it. Um, Yeah.
0: See, that is how the IP podcast books the experts. That is exactly how. But uh, initially, Ventura initially received a sizable uh, jury verdict against uh, Chris Kyle for defaming the former governor Kyle's memoir, American Sniper, the autobiography, The Most Lethal Sniper in U.S. Military History. Great adaptation by uh, Clint Eastwood. But uh, in the book, Kyle recalls an encounter with another former Navy SEAL, identified as now, his name, Scruff Face. Right? Yep. I I don't know where he came up with that one.
2: Uh, He stole that from me. My my girlfriend calls me Scruff Face.
0: Well, okay. (laughs) Maybe you are the one he's actually talking about, if you were a former Navy Uh. SEAL. Well,
2: I'm not, I'm, I'm not a very litigious guy, you know, I just kind of let that one slide. All
0: right, all right so. that's smart. So allegedly, Ventura disparaged uh, the Iraq War and stated that the SEALs, quote, deserved to lose a few. And what came out was on an uh, appearance on The O'Reilly Factor, Kyle was saying that Scruffface was Ventura. But the whole time, Ventura is adamantly disputing this whole tale, and the testimony was basically split down the middle because each side had credible witnesses. But what was crazy, the jury awarded Ventura, I mean, 500000 under defamation. And then what was really nuts was the $1.35 million under unjust enrichment. And Josh, you did, uh, your paper was on this topic, correct?
1: Yeah, it was all focused mainly on the unjust enrichment part of it, because of the fact that this was such like a shocking result. Because, um, you know, they actually brought, uh, Ventura brought three different uh, things he brought defamation, misappropriation, and unjust enrichment. It was kind of like he was just trying for everything. And you know, so he didn't win on the misappropriation, but as you were saying, five hundred thousand for defamation, but then this one point three million on just enrichment. And it's something that's unprecedented, especially in Minnesota. It's very rare in general. So it's really crazy stuff. I mean, I don't know if you want me to get into it right now.
0: I mean I could sure. Definitely
1: do that. But why do
0: you why do you think that it was crazy? it's just uh, too, high eva- too high for the unjust enrichment? You no, it, you know,
1: it? it's actually just even using that as a remedy itself. So regardless of what the figure was, but then you take into the account of what it was, and it was like almost three times the value of the defamation thing. I mean, that sort of makes sense how you get at that valuation, because they kind of based it off profits of the book.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh. But... You know, it's just it, basically in Minnesota and generally throughout the country, um, unjust enrichment recovery is only, uh, supposed to be rewarded when, uh, there are no other adequate legal remedies. And you look at this on its face and you say, wouldn't the adequate legal remedy be the defamation? He was, he won on defamation and he won 500,000. It's supposed to, they, they were doing two different things essentially. Cause, um, you know, defamation, it's you're having your reputation hurt, which was from those like three pages that you were mentioning with scarf face and everything. But then there's nothing that says, oh, you can still go a step further and then get everything back from like profits that were made. So there's a disconnect there in kind of everything that. Any sort of case law has ever stood for going back, honestly, for... forget how long it was. At least the 60s, I want to say, of different cases I was looking into, trying to find stuff on this.
0: Do you so. think there's a problem, though? Because it's true that defamation is only what hurts Ventura. And, you know, he's still a public figure, right? But it's probably not going to be the most damning thing in the world. Yet, mm-hmm. now, Chris Kyle is basically able... To make this whole fantasy up, there's obviously an intent, whether it was true or not, to go on O'Reilly and use Ventura to profit off of his, like, let's say, almost like a trademark, right? That his popularity and brand, to profit off it. Isn't that concerning from, like, a policy perspective?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I hear you on that one. I mean, as it is, though, is interesting. He actually said it the day earlier on, like, the Opie and Anthony show. And then it was funny because then that was the first question that was asked to him when he went on the O'Reilly factor the next day. The first question he was asked, so was that really Ventura? And then he kind of answered and said his story. But
0: it? The fellow high school alumnus, Bill O'Reilly, would definitely capitalize. hundred percent. hundred percent he well, would capitalize. So I'm not surprised by that statement at all.
2: You know? Yeah. But, uh, as, I mean, as a policy... Wait, wait, wait.
0: I'm
2: sorry. Really, can I interrupt? Bill O'Reilly went to your high school?
0: Yes, he did. Good old shamanade uh, last weekend, we had our five year reunion. But a good old Chaminade at Old Boys School, Mineola, Long Island. <laughs> nice Bill O'Reilly comes for Career Day every year. Gives us a nice talk, you know.
1: Did he inspire he... you to have a
2: show?
0: Uh, not really, but. <laughs>
2: <laughs> have you thought about calling this the Zangrillo Factor? Oh, oh wow. Wait.
0: That, wow. Oh. I, I would me. be
1: interested in working on that show.
0: The Zangrillo factor. <laughs> it's like, it's uh, you know, just like the new show Notorious on ABC, which surprisingly, the online editor was able to interview the executive producer. You could find that on <laughs> Fordham, org. But it could be, the Zangrillo factor could be just like, you know, Larry King Live, which is what Notorious was based on, or something like that. So this is a good idea. We'll cabin it for now, but... I like the, Zang- the Zangrillo Factor. We're just gonna call this podcast we, the we've Zangrillo got, Factor.
1: We've got the recorded proof though, so yeah. now you can remember it. so You won't forget.
0: Oh, don't worry, this is yeah. in public. This is not just for show notes.
2: And no, I'm of, just saying it's recorded though. I would also like some credit for coming up with the the name idea, and I'll sue you for unjust enrichment if you use it.
0: <laughs> well played, good good circle. <laughs> Problem is, there will be no profits from the Zangrillo Factor. So you're not, well, not really unjustly enriched in the end, but I am not unjustly enriched, I guess.
2: If you, have a, if you have that kind of negative attitude about it, then you're not going to get any profits.
0: I mean, I don't need to get the profits now if you're just going to come in and take them. <laughs> So I don't need the profits. You can't threaten me with that. Yeah, it'll be a
2: non-for-profit show.
0: Non-for-profit, that's true.
2: Okay, yep. as, are, as are all podcasts by definition.
0: But I mean, where, where I thought, were we on this? What I thought was interesting we'll go going to the appellate decision, they were focusing okay, yeah. more on like some of the factual prejudice to the jury, basically talking about I think some of the insurance and some of the different things that the jury shouldn't have actually heard during the trial. Mm-hmm. And it's like they didn't want to really decide the whole unjust enrichment and you know, first Amendment issues in the case. They're, like, pushing it back down to the district court, really hoping, I think, that Ventura just settles.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I know the insurance part of it wasn't – it was almost like a side part throughout this entire thing. Like, it wasn't really the focus, but insurance was an area that they still had to tackle. Um,
0: and if I remember correctly, this is what really decided the case on appeal.
1: The insurance?
0: Where it was like they're saying it prejudiced the jury that they knew that information.
1: Uh, well, okay. I see that angle. Do you see okay, what I mean? They, like, I, mm-hmm. When I
0: read that opinion, I did not feel like they actually focused on the issues because they didn't want to talk about the issues yet. This court. Mm-hmm. Uh, what okay, was
1: yeah, because I know the lower court, the district court mm-hmm. in Minnesota, they they focused a lot. It was a lot more factual. Yes. And that's why, because, you know, I'm not super familiar yet with the most current decision, because when I wrote this, it was before that, so mine was more or less predicting what would happen, so I, I'm not as up-to-date as I probably should be on the current thing, but I know that insurance was more of the minor part, and the factual part was more important, exactly. but that's interesting that it flipped, and I kind of agree with you, and I don't think that's right to them focus on that, but I also think they just wanted it, to
0: make the defamation go away, the 8th Circuit, especially when they're hmm. looking at it in terms of what the Florida courts did. Where we'll get to with the Hogan situation. That they, I yeah. think this was an immediate reaction to that decision.
2: And you think it backfired?
0: I mean, I don't, I don't know if they settled yet. I don't believe they have. They're trying no. to push him, pressure him into definitely, because you, you know, we know the ticking time clock of all the money that's being spent with these attorneys.
1: But when you say push away the defamation claim, you're then you're purely talking about the five hundred thousand, or are you just saying all of it as a whole?
0: I I think all of it as a whole. I think. Okay, uh, I mean, because obviously, like, they were saying it was like that was definitely wrong, that he shouldn't have gotten both legal remedies because of what you were saying that other. Yeah. The yeah, because yeah, defamation so is correct. the adequate
1: claim. Yeah. I
0: think definitely on unjust enrichment, thank you for clearing that up for me, thank you for un- no unjust enrichment, like, that is the correct ruling, like, as you were stating earlier. But in yeah. terms of defamation, it doesn't make sense to me why you would push this case back down on prejudicial jury issues. Well, that's what I just didn't understand when I was reading this opinion. I'm like, why don't you just make it clear to everyone what is even, like... Was it correct or not? Even, like, let's take the jury prejudice out of it, right? If if that wasn't an issue, then it would have been defamation?
1: Uh, You know, it's always tough with defamation because it's measuring someone's reputation that's hurt. And you try and think, how do you really – how do you measure that? How do you think about it? I mean, part of Ventura's claims – Um, as a whole was saying you know he missed out now on his tv series that he had very briefly didn't get renewed is that the conspiracy
0: theory thing
1: yeah or something like that where he did a show off of that something like that so he was like you know now i didn't get renewed and so that hurt me there and stuff in general and you know it's very vague and it's not like it's not clear cut there's no one saying that he definitely missed out because of this you know so it's very hard to measure defamation in general, so I see how it's a very tough question, but I don't know. I mean, I would just lean towards fine, he can win on defamation because I I can get it. I understand that's both sides his legal of it. Yeah, I mean, that's an adequate legal remedy. He won on it already and the reasoning is not that unsound. Like it's not crazy. It's just the unjust enrichment thing just purely was not right based on all of common law and Everything. So, that was good that they overturned that, but I don't see a problem with the defamation stain, but that's just me.
0: What do you think,
2: David? Uh, I can see how defamation can be an issue. I also completely agree that it's really hard to say. I mean, I would say that, you know, if, it, if, this, hypos- if this situation were different, if Ventura were running for governor still, you know, and this, uh, you know, it's election season, and then this whole you know, kind of almost, you know, anti-troops sentiment came out while he was running for office, it'd be much easier to determine uh, whether he was harmed or not. I mean, the amount of the amount of damages he'd be owed for losing an election would be uh, an interesting legal question, but proving harm would be much easier in that situation. But I think the biggest issue is, is, is proving that you know whether he lost this book deal. I mean, what – he said it was a book deal or a TV show. Oh, it
1: was show? like a TV show mainly, but you know, then it's the the catch-all kind of thing. You know, I missed out on a lot of opportunities. So, you yeah. know, it.
0: You well, don't you're really win know. The election? If you were running, you know, like that kind of stuff.
2: Well, he already was governor, but he already served his two terms as governor of Minnesota.
0: No, no, no. I'm saying like if you were saying he was going. Like, well, yeah, say, yeah. What if mm. he said yeah. I was going to run? Yeah there was there's always rumors that he's going to be like vice president on a libertarian ticket or even like a republican ticket <laughs> every year yeah. you know We such a
2: being vice president on a libertarian ticket is is so lucrative financially
0: I, I mean <sighs> <laughs>
2: Are you attacking yeah,
0: that, Gary Johnson. Oh, man. <laughs> well, no, he's only
1: attacking uh, the vice president position.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, Bill Weld.
0: Oh, so the president's getting paid everything. He just doesn't yeah. want to be the vice president. Is that what's yeah, going exactly. on? exactly. That, that's what David's getting at here.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I am totally making fun of the vice president as a position, <laughs> much less the libertarian candidate for vice president. I mean, like...
0: We are not Veep, okay?
2: Yeah, We're I mean, not I the think if you're... Vice president here. The harm is difficult to, to measure in this specific case, and that's yeah. all.
1: Yeah. So I mean, it, it's um, it's going back down, I guess, and we're gonna find out at some point what's gonna happen with it. But it's interesting case. Uh, it is sad though, because I mean, as everyone should know, generally, I mean, Chris Kyle, he was shot and killed, so it's not, not even he can't he can't even see this through. He died while they were in discovery, so it's also interesting there, because then you can't really get a feel of his intent anyway so that makes the whole defamation thing in general sort of more difficult They've already proved that there was actual malice there but you know it's hard because they kind of figured that but he wasn't there to literally stick up for himself in my opinion but
0: but that's what's weird you have uh stick with the wrestling then you have a double uh, what face heel turn here because Jesse Ventura is the face, the good guy for the unenlightened, right? But he's a good guy in the beginning. That Kyle's doing the bad stuff, basically defamation yeah. and whatnot. He's the bad guy, heel. But then all of a sudden, you know, the tragedy happens, and now Ventura is the bad guy. He's the heel because he's still going through with this.
1: Yeah, he's you know, going he's after the
0: victim. You're going after like the estate and all this stuff.
1: And his wife, his widow, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know. Obviously, there is money in this estate, but it's still – it definitely is bad for a jury. You would think they didn't see that at the time, which was shocking. I think it was literally when the movie was coming out too, the initial uh, verdict.
2: Like, yeah. it. You'd think that a celebrity wrestler would have more integrity, but uh, I guess these days – That was these, a days, shot. I
0: definitely could tell that was a shot.
2: That was a shot fired. That, that was, was indeed a shot fired. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, we'll move on to the real, sure. you know, virtue, virtuous wrestler sure. that everybody loves. You know, eat your vitamins and say your prayers. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him at all, you know. Nothing.
1: No, he's a great guy. Okay. He's immortal.
0: He is immortal. Well, except when he was Hollywood Hogan, but that's a different, that's a different story. That's, that's his blue phase. Yes. Well, black phase, really. But, um, <laughs> okay. he wore, no, like he, he wore, you know, the bandanas and all that stuff. But in the yep. Gawker case, Hulk Hogan sued Gawker for releasing a sex tape, which I don't know why people would want to watch that. <laughs> <Hogan> <laughs> it's
1: newsworthy, come on. <laughs> Hogan,
0: but Heather Clem, the wife of Bubba the Love Sponge, she was a Florida radio radio host and a friend of Hogan. Yep. Now, yep. what's very weird with this whole thing, I don't know if it matters or not, Bubba, like, knew about this whole thing? No, oh, like okay didn't he, like,
2: it. promote it?
0: Uh, later on, I think when it happened.
1: I thought my understanding was almost like he wanted this to happen, and then they didn't realize that they were being filmed.
0: Exactly, like, he didn't tell him he was being filmed, and, like, Bubba, what do you mean by promoted it? Like, not on the air, I don't think he promoted it.
1: Oh, no, 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 I meant the the Bubba guy kind of told the two of them, like, hey, you guys should get together, whatever, like, he was kind of, he was, like, fully supporting it, it wasn't like he was just okay with it, he, like, (laughs) yeah. So it's yeah, a new situation. I mean,
0: I, whatever whatever, whatever. Bubba wants to do it between the sheets, I was just trying to avoid it quickly. But we could go into detail about if Bubba really wanted this to happen. <laughs> well,
1: no, I think I, in terms of understanding where the case starts from, I think it's just an interesting, like, kind of fact pattern that it's something to talk about. It's kind of like definitely, you don't though. you don't just hear that happening, I don't think. So yeah,
0: I... <laughs> Hogan initiated a suit seeking one hundred million dollars in damages. Now, within the trial, it was a confusing distinction, which I thought was, I don't know, ludicrous almost, between the character of Hulk Hogan and Terry Bolletta, Bolea the man, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you get from this whole thing? The fact that it's like, well, he has his own privacy, so he's not a public figure, the Terry character, which is nonsense because he was on that reality show, but there's a difference between the public persona of Hulk Hogan. You know, uh,
1: I think it's 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 a weird question because you're right; it's the same person, and you know, there's really not much of a distinction there. I mean, you can argue that you know he wasn't acting as Hulk Hogan that you all know him for, or whatever, but uh, I don't. It's really tricky, honestly. But he Hulk Hogan's a public figure, undoubtedly so. No one can argue that. So it's the question of then, is it public figure in terms of his kind of stage name? But then, you know, it really doesn't work like that with other people, though. So it's hard to kind of carve out an exception there, because actresses, actors, whatever, known by their one name, like, that's it. So it's weird to then have this special exception, in a sense, in my opinion.
0: I mean, um, basically, is claiming everything he does in public is Hulk Hogan, that he's a public figure. And if there's something yeah. in private, that's Terry. I
2: Which see.
0: I don't really buy that. See, it's like it makes sense if you're saying when I'm, when the camera's on, like when, he, when he's on Raw or something like that on WWE programming, that's a little bit stronger. But even then, I don't really agree with that. Um, the whole, the real big question here, are sex tapes newsworthy? Well, I
1: mean, I think it sort of depends, but, I mean, Newsworthy is such a broad term, right? It's just, but the problem is always, you know, with the, the oh my God, freedom of the press kind of thing, right? Yes. You know, so they sort of have the right to talk about it, and he's a public figure, so... It is newsworthy at its core, I think, if you go strictly by what the definition would be and kind of going through almost like a laundry list of, like, what you look for, but in bringing it to kind of reality, I guess, I don't know how interested people would be in it, as you said earlier, Anthony. So
0: It's almost like, oh, well, yes, that's another thing. But, like, just in general, though, isn't it more like, it's newsworthy that the fact that it happened and people reported on it, did you need to post the whole video kind of thing? Like, maybe mm. there's different degrees of this newsworthiness? That
1: uh, Well, I mean, it, it was a short clip that was posted. It wasn't the entire video that was released initially.
0: Initially, but wasn't it eventually they, like, eventually released the whole thing at one point or something like that?
1: I think... I'm not 100% sure. I just know at least initially it was a short clip. But. Yes. Uh, you know, something that was interesting, though, that I didn't realize and I was looking
2: so into this. I wouldn't this.
0: know. I just want to put that out there. I okay. Know, but <laughs> yeah. That's the reason why. I just That's what I was under the impression. Did guys read Gawker at all? Yes. Or did you? Uh, well, I did in the past.
1: Not really, no.
0: A little bit. I like some of the other sites that were under there, like um, Branch, not really Gawker itself. Mm. Okay.
1: Well, I thought one interesting thing though when I was reading up on this it um was like yesterday or something, um uh the interesting thing was that at the end of the video, I think it was I think it was Bubba the one saying it. Um
0: So he did watch yeah. the video. Now we know Josh. No no no, no. I'm read it was from an article. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Uh, he dissected the
1: video no there was something where I believe Bubba was saying this is like the quote from him I wrote it down or something it was like if we ever need to retire here is our ticket like that's the most guilty thing I've ever heard in my and life this but,
0: is the problem where it's like the first amendment protects those people it's true and it's like they, there can't be an intent standard but it's like that is such a it's just wrong, in my. Protects opinion, which almost. people? We well, said the
2: First Amendment protects these people. Which one are talk- we talking about? Protects Baba. From from what? That he could. Put- Apparently, the case. I actually. Um, I have a strange kind of quasi connection to this. My, I interned for a judge this summer, and the judge's former clerk was the general counsel for Gawker. Um, and so she uh, litigated this case, and apparently she made some serious mistakes. Oh, yeah.
1: The judge didn't tell me this, a fellow clerk. From a general sense, the general point of view is that Gawker really kind of messed up in a lot of the aspects of the case and presenting it and yeah. arguing it. And right. I think that doesn't need any sort of like confidentiality. It's just what a lot of people – had their opinion.
0: You could look at it from a policy perspective, there's an interesting underlying argument with all this, with the whole thing with the Silicon Valley billionaire Peter Thiel and that he was I mean, had a personal vendetta with Gawker. So he had an unlimited bankroll for Hogan. And it's it's almost an interesting situation because let's if you look at this case, the judge is probably going to saw the judge probably would have sided, right, with Gawker, not Hogan. But the jury finds Hogan more appealing, that story, and seeing Gawker as ruining his life, the way that you paint the narrative, they're not really looking at the law, they're looking at like the good guys, bad guys kind of argument from like a legal realism perspective. Most mm-hmm. of the times you never get to this level in the litigation because no one has that those resources or something like that. It's mm-hmm. very interesting when now you have an unlimited bankroll because this guy doesn't care. He wa- His goal was achieved. He wanted to drive them out of business,
1: that's true, and definitely did sort of. I
2: mean, all the money that they're owed now, yeah, it's ridiculous. The issue is, I think, is that is Gawker's journalistic uh, brand, and and that's that's what that's why they found Terry Bollea's sex tape newsworthy, and that's why Peter Thiel wanted to take them down. Is that he did not believe in their brand of journalism, and he well, believed, and it's
0: that, not even that he was a victim.
2: He was the victim of it, but as a consequence of their brand.
0: Yes, yes.
2: Um, which is that, you know, their slogan was, today's gossip is tomorrow's news. So their definition of newsworthy extended into gossip.
0: Well, like, look at what TMZ does, right? Where they're, mm. like, they never participate in it, but they're, like, holding information, they're paying for it. They're doing things that are almost, like, I would say not, not, a, not illegal, but definitely not... The upstanding people—they try and seem like they are these, like you know, media sleuths uncovering things. It's very mm-hmm. sketchy I mean, how they get some they, of the information.
1: They always walk the line. I always feel with the whole invasion of privacy, they're always right there,
0: so, right on it. Yep. And then they're not—they're not the first ones to be like going out there. Uh, what do you call it? Just putting it—putting it out. It's all strategic. It's all for a profit.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the people who get sex tapes leaked make money off of it. I mean, it's a it's kind of a promotional thing, as you were saying with uh, with his friend, you know, I mean, with Bubba Bubba saying we're going to make so much money off of this. I mean, if you consider the damages, I mean, it's it's besides the fact that it was made public to everyone else. I mean, they oftentimes celebrities will, will quote unquote leak a sex tape. As a, a way of getting on TMZ and as a way no, of getting. No, wait a minute, wait, wait,
0: wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me somebody would leak a sex tape and become like a star with it, possibly having their own show on E. With like their own
1: family and everything.
0: Of, with the Yeah. So
2: I mean, Hulk Hogan was trying to pull was trying to pull the Joneses.
0: You know, I mean, it's,
2: <laughs> it's uh, I I that you can Some be small I mean, differences
0: between them, but I can see I can see the point. I see the point.
2: Uh, but not on the inside. I mean, their characters are, you know, their personalities are pretty similar. I've talked to them both. Um, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think that but they, they're, they're, there are there, there are strategic reasons why people, quote unquote, leak this kind of thing. And so it's strange um, that this is that this ended up being the specific example for is a sex tape being leaked an in Invasion of Privacy. Um, and a lot of that goes back to the reason why it became so, why it's become such a prominent case is because of Peter Field.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think actually, Anthony, the point you were saying with the whole bankroll thing, I think that is very true because you wouldn't see these cases get to this point.
0: No, so. I don't think like unless you're like a big company, and it's like I, an interesting situation to connect it with Ventura and Kyle, who I would assume Ventura has a lot of money from over the years. He seems like yeah. he's been smart with his investments and whatnot, but. <laughs> I mean, it's not a joke, I think, I don't know, he doesn't, doesn't seem like he lives the most luxurious lifestyle, I know, did you know this? He refuses to go on airplanes because of the TSA, yes. Yes. and he goes on trains everywhere, because of the hip, he has like a hip replacement, and it's always going to make it go off, so he has to get the pat down, and he just refuses to.
1: I mean, I don't necessarily blame him, but it's just a funny little fact.
0: Yes, but, but, <laughs> but I yeah. mean, uh, you ha- he's probably got you know we well, I not gonna say deep pockets, but mid pockets at least. The publisher may have deep pockets, and it's like you don't want to show a sign that they're gonna have to always settle for all these defamation suits, for, like other books and other like you know biographies they may publish.
1: That's true. It does set the precedent for their own company. That's right. Yeah, so that's true. Then it would make sense that they would still argue the defamation claim. That's
0: what all of this stuff, you have to think about it under these lenses, and that's how it changes so many different things.
1: Yeah, you know, it's true because, you know, you talk about, oh, the reputation of Ventura or even the reputation of Hulk Hogan. But, you know, you think of the reputation of Gawker or whichever the publishing company – I can't remember which one actually published it now. Because
0: it's like I guess Gawker – has to keep its, like, street cred or whatever, you know. Yeah,
1: I mean, you can't just go down without a fight, right? Exactly.
0: Even though, like, everybody knows they have a horrible reputation. Had, I guess. But,
2: um... Well, now they're First Amendment martyrs to a lot of people.
0: Yes, I mean, that's what... It's very interesting. It's true. It's You know, there are the
2: Internet freedom people, absolutely, I think a lot of Internet freedom people totally support Gawker. I mean, I think that... A lot of people don't like their snark, and I think that they're like bullies, uh, you know, in tone. But I mean, I read Gawker often. I think it, I thought it was funny. I mean, they had some really, uh, really very funny, very insightful, and they also did create some. You know, they were the people, the people, the first people to uh, break the news on Rob Ford smoking crack.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean, well, the thing that like I think people forget, if I'm correct. Wasn't in this tape there was some certain verbal stuff that was said that totally destroyed Hogan? I believe that was in this tape.
1: Honestly, I'm not sure, but I would not doubt
0: it. And that's why he's not with WWE anymore, because short story short, he basically, he's a racist, right? He said a slur. He said a lot of things. It wasn't like just one, it was like a whole barrage of things, especially having to do with his daughter. The funny thing is in celebrity culture, he'll be back in a couple of years. People have a short memory, and that's what's unfortunate. Yeah, it's kind of sad how that works. I'm pretty sure that must... I don't know how that happened with the jury verdict, or if they just told them, like, maybe that even helped his case, because it was like, look how much these things were in private, you know, and he got, like, it all got outed or whatever it was. But it was even, like, a more pronounced effect, if I'm correct, with it being this video, that it wasn't just the idea of, like... Whatever immoral behavior was there, it was actually like, I guess, private thoughts that he was saying in private, which were awful, because mm-hmm. his character or his person were revealed, which is better for the public because they should know that. But it it's should. also an evasion of privacy.
2: But well, imagine if he's running for office, you know. I mean, it's not too crazy. Hulk oh, to Hogan running that. for office? It's not too crazy. Ventura did it. I mean, I if, mean, you know, you who's know, running
0: for the House of Representatives? Is uh, Rhino from ECW? Really? Yeah, he's got an ad with Kurt Angle. That's very interesting. I never thought so, I'd see a political ad where Kurt Angle put somebody in an ankle lock.
2: I'm not I'm not familiar enough with wrestling to to follow. Uh, but <laughs> but I mean you know it's not insane to imagine a celebrity of his stature to run for office. It's happened before with Ventura. It's it's happening right now where people go back and forth between entertainment and politics all the time. So, you know, this would be absolutely newsworthy if 10 years from now, five years from now, Hulk Hogan's running for whatever office you want to put him in, uh, you know, governor of Florida or something like that. It would absolutely be newsworthy. And so, um, I mean, I, that that he made a sex tape in the first place. I think that that would I think that any voter would. Well, he did not though. He didn't. He didn't. Um But that was a part of it, and then that he said all these epithets, you know, and said a wide variety of racist statements um, and other colorful language. Uh, I think that a, a voter would want to know that. So, if the question is what is newsworthy, you know, it's it's hard to say what when a public official becomes you know, remains if they're just a – the question is, is if they're just a celebrity and they're not running for office, do they have more privacy? Do you Whereas think if that they're running matters, for office. Though?
0: Do you think it matters personally, distinction I, between like celebrity and public official?
2: Frankly, I think that some I think that some juries might. Um, I don't personally. I, I don't I think that he should have he should not have won. Um, but that's my personal opinion about this specific case. Um, but so I think, you that think if be... it was
0: like Wiener in a case like this, Anthony Wiener, he would have lost in front of the jury. Oh, for an invasion of privacy. If he brought like he had the similar thing happened to him, right? Instead of like sexting, he, uh, had, let's say a situation like this and you had a jury there using the jury would be not sympathetic to him, but they would be to like Hulk Hogan. I think so. Okay.
1: I could see that. Though it's, it's not right, I mean, technically by the law, because, you but know, the law... The thing, that's it was juries,
0: that's the whole Yeah,
1: because the law was changed where celebrities are included with public officials. That was the whole changeover, like, however many years ago, 40 years ago, or course, 30 years ago. Of course, because their whole life mm-hmm.
0: is public. That's the thing they signed yeah. on for. Yep. Uh, especially But him. it's true. He's telling I guess everybody he, uh, what Hulk Hogan said, oh, come to Muscle Beach or whatever in Florida. It, yeah, you're trying to make your life public, because you know that's how it pays the bills.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I think that,
0: and 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 he
2: could have profited off of being a public figure into running for office. I mean, like it's there's this gray zone that you know the celebrity occupies now that is very transmutable between political life, personal life, you know, artistic life, whatever.
1: Well, I mean, though it's hard to argue the fact that it was in like the privacy of a home in a bedroom, like to be filmed like that. It's hard to be. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to just be like, well, <laughs> you're a public figure, we can just record you whenever we want, even in the privacy of a home and whatever, even in your bedroom itself, where it's not like someone recorded out of a window, it was recorded from within the room. So I think it's tough still to even just say that it's not an invasion of privacy, regardless of if he was a public figure or not.
2: Yeah. How How is it leaked to Gawker? Does anyone to, to Was that ever disclosed? I
1: mean, I'm assuming
2: Bubba presumably sold it or passed it on.
0: I'm pretty sure they were fighting with each other over something. Something happened between them. Bubba and Hulk. Okay. Oh, and then he kind and of was just I... like, fine. And yeah. yeah, that's what I think happened. That's the whole thing. It's all power when you give this stuff up or whatever it is. For those little kids out there your Snapchats, know that. Don't oh, do God. it. Okay? Yeah, did you hear about...
2: That's this the isn't... first
0: lesson and the second lesson is, based on what David was saying, yes, it is true. Our current presidential candidate, he didn't wrestle, but he has been intimately involved in WWE programming. He won the Battle of the Billionaires against Vic- Vince McMahon when he supported <laughs> Bobby Lashley, who, rest in peace, beat Umaga. Very interesting match. And then the guy has been a celebrity uh, general manager of Raw in the past. So, so sort of facts you should know about Donald J. Trump.
2: That, that really changes my vote.
0: So it's okay, I mean, they not change it. Uh, <laughs> Just know uh, he's been involved with them.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I have a separate question. Uh, this is veering off of, the, uh, off, of, uh, off of these two cases. Did you guys hear uh, last week about this girl who um, had a Snapchat, and she posted on her Snapchat to her friends uh, something kind of racist, basically. She was in blackface, and then she said the N-word, and she was this white girl. At Kansas State University. Um, and she got expelled from Kansas State University.
1: Hmm. I, I didn't hear about this. I'm trying to look it up now, actually.
0: I didn't hear about this. When you send it out there, even if it's on Snapchat, you, it's not privacy anymore, I don't think. Especially if it's like you send it to a group of friends. You know, it's like I, I, I don't know if you should expel somebody for that. Right, especially if they're a kid. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like that is not something that you could say, I had a right to privacy. No, you didn't because you sent it out there. Mm-hmm.
1: That's very true. Once you put it out there, you know, as it is like with Snapchat, you can still screenshot it or whatever. Like, it's it's able to be retained, and Snapchat themselves technically has it. So.
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's I mean, I'm just pulling it up right now and. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, it was supposed to be sent to just friends or something. And it wasn't like, it, you know, it's interesting because it wasn't, it was an actual product. Like it was a L'Oreal clay facial mask or something that was put on. It was just then a comment after like made on it. So. How old is mm, this kid? This is supposed to be a senior was going to be a senior right now in college. So
2: that's like. So that's like 20, 21, something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm surprised a, they expelled per- a senior in college for that, though.
2: So according to K-State, she wasn't expelled, although she is not a student uh, at the school anymore.
0: You think they expelled her but told her you're not going to say that?
2: Uh, I'm really not sure. I, I can't. I it think is I can't interesting, know- though.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of going along what we've been talking about the whole time with like almost like defamation or privacy or everything. You know, I do think it is different though, just because it was kind of put out there voluntarily by her. So that's the biggest difference here, but Mm -hmm. it's another, it's another kind of flavor of what we've been talking about and what's really private and what's not.
2: And yeah. Do you think that she, um, would she ever have an action against the school? For free speech, because it's a uh, and this is uh, veering into a little bit of a different topic. If you
0: if you actually expel the person based on that statement alone, I don't. I mean, like, I don't. I don't think. I think it would pro- possibly violate your First Amendment rights there. It's true. Because
2: it's a public, it's a publicly funded school. You know, a private institution has a right to expel people for whatever reason they see fit. It's but true. if it's a state school, then aren't there some issues about censorship, government censorship?
1: That might be true as well.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. because from everything I've seen, it was just that one uh, Snapchat thing. There was nothing else to it. It was like a one-liner description on Snapchat where you write on it or whatever, and that was it. And basically the school just would not tolerate it. And, you know, then, of course, everyone's speaking out about it and saying, you know, you should never say something like that, even if you meant it as, like, a joke or whatever. And of course. It just led to well,
2: all this. Kanye. Well, and yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Kanye can okay.
2: say Okay. Kanye can say whatever Kanye, Kanye wants. Kanye
0: can say whatever he wants. Because he <laughs> made her famous. Remember that. <laughs> The Kim Kardashian Taylor Swift thing. Yeah. She recorded mm-hmm. her call.
2: Yeah. It yeah. was created by their publicists. Again, actually, sorry. Wait, wait.
0: We, gonna... we, we, wait, I guess you actually can do that. It's nothing illegal with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, actually, weren't we just doing this, Anthony, yeah, you know, in our I was information thinking was, privacy class, the wiretap One party thing?
0: consented, so you're fine.
1: Yeah, because um, it, was, it was a recorded call while it was going on. So... It wasn't that it was stored anywhere, so it would be kind of under like the Wiretap Act, right? Mm-hmm. All that no jazz. government
0: official involved here, but that applied to everybody. And I think it's fine if one person consents. So Kanye consented.
2: So according to the Wiretap Act, as long as there's consent among both parties or just among one party, you're allowed to record the conversation. But
1: yeah, I mean, that's more or less the thing. And, you know, even speaking about that, it made me think of the thing from maybe it was like two or three years ago now, something like that, with the whole Donald Sterling thing and the Clippers and his recorded comments, racist yes. comments by oh, yeah. his, like, niche, mistress lady. You know, same kind of thing. And it is kind of interesting that he never, like, really sued for any sort of inva- invasion of That's privacy why. or anything.
0: He wanted a back. Well, <laughs> he was never going to sue her. I think he's still with her. I don't even know. Oh
2: God! But <laughs>
1: I, you know, it's just all these kinds of things. So a lot of recording, a lot of something, just things that you think are private really aren't private, and
2: I don't know. It's Nothing. kind of it's kind of a mess out there with all this stuff. But. now, okay, I have a question. Do you guys think that with changing social media, that uh, the definition for public figure, a court for you know defamation suits or invasion of privacy suits should change?
1: What? Well, 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 I think the definition's a little broad already. I think maybe I'm wrong. Something we should look up. Well, I just know offhand, at least, um, you know, there's always that whole uh, thing about reporters' privilege, mm-hmm. and that's that's been a topic with social media changing, and it's, you know, who is even considered a reporter nowadays to even get some sort of type of protection? And it's the same kind of thing, you know. It's hard to really define. So,
0: what do you mean um, specifically with reporter privilege, though?
1: Uh, well, reporter's privilege mainly talks about the whole
2: having to disclose your sources and
1: talk about kind of where. There's a
2: limited. There's a limited reporter's privilege, but uh, mostly it's been denied. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, it, that you. There is no. There is no real reporter's privilege, but there. Yeah, I mean, it's just the it's about
1: concept about it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just sort of relating to what you're talking about. It's kind of like, you know, with the change of times, how do you define reporter? How do you define celebrity? You know, it's just it's tough to really pinpoint what, how you can really define those people. So it, it does make it tricky. I think at least for our sake with the two main cases that we talked about earlier, those aren't really a question of public figure or not, which makes it easier on our end and everyone else trying to decide those cases. But It's true with things like this girl on Snapchat or whatever. You know, it's a question. She's not, but I feel like there's probably an argument that someone could make for it. You know, if they look at how many people follow her Snapchat thing or Mm -hmm. how many people she sent it out to, how does that
2: qualify? You know? Yeah, what if you, I mean, like, so if you have 3,000 followers on Instagram, are you all of a sudden a public figure? I mean,
1: who knows? Because then you could be like, well, who are those 3,000? Maybe. Let's say if there are 10 of those 3,000 that are actual, like, people that have been in movies or something, like, mm. big budget movies, maybe that then counts. I mean, it, you can't really quantify it. I, I don't know. It's just a very tough question that I don't think could affect, like, could really be answered. It's always kind of an individual case by case basis. Makes sense. Okay.
0: okay so Josh, got anything to plug?
1: The only thing is that there's, a student organization at Fordham that not many people know about. It's the National Security Law Society
0: oh, uh, (NSLS). I went to your booth.
1: Which, by the way, yes, you signed up for it. Uh, uh,
0: Victoria.
1: <laughs> uh huh. I am the president of that National Security Law Society. Get out! Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. And, yeah, Victoria. We oh, yeah, the president I, on the podcast. Look at this. Victoria's, you are. Public. Uh, Look at you. You're such a. Public yeah, I'm,
1: I'm actually a public figure. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, Victoria's like the secretary or treasurer or both. We go. But yeah, so like I made those sign-up sheets. So I took them back at the end because I came later, and then I saw your name on it. I was like, "What?" <laughs> but but yeah, so I'm president of the National Security Law Society. So if anyone's interested in joining, um, feel free. You can um, send an email to nslsfordomlaw at gmail I believe that's correct, and um also even look out for just random events i'm trying to get posters put up so look out for our stuff we got an event coming up october 6th that we're doing with the center of national security with uh senator chris murphy of connecticut wow so so that should be pretty interesting so yeah if you're interested in national security or just want to say hi stop by go to an event or two sure there's my plug
2: david uh check me out uh follow me on twitter (laughs) <laughs> that's a good one what, what's the at uh david bradley eye okay that's all i got
0: yeah you should probably follow me on twitter but i i use the motion picture clubs account because i i own i run the motion picture club motionpictureclubs.com <laughs> um <laughs> I don't think I have any wrestling articles up on there. No, I I leave that only for the Fordham IPLJ. Thank you. um, Thank you. Because I know you guys love it. But uh, (laughs) but, uh, what is it? Twitter is at filmmpc. Yeah, I know you guys checked out last week the Notorious Stuff. We'll have blog posts coming up constantly with all these different topics. So look out for those on FordhamIPLJ.org. I'm the colonel that runs the online journal. Mm. signing out
2: mm. this has been the Zangrillo Factor Zangrillo
0: Factor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>